In just a few weeks, the first ever Pod Summit podcasting conference will take place in Calgary, Alberta. On Saturday, May 6th, you'll connect with other podcasters and learn about how to start podcasting, learn all about the recording gear you need, how to do audio production, content creation, and audience building. The expats will be there talking all about how to conduct outstanding interviews using an interview subject from the audience. Visit podsummit.com for more information and to buy your tickets. All of the event's early bird tickets are sold out, but there are still regular price tickets available, although I think that most of those are now gone. So get yourself over to podsummit.com so you don't miss out. Also, on May 11th in Edmonton, Alberta, I'll be hosting a panel discussion as part of Northwest Fest's Lunch Pods series at the Needle Vinyl Tavern. Joining me will be Lauren Albrecht, with whom I co-host Nerd Night Edmonton, as well as Samantha Power, my co-host... On all intensive purposes, a weekly morning show we do every Wednesday at 7 a.m. on CJSR. There's lots more to do at Northwest Fest, Western Canada's nonfiction film festival, and you can find more details and tickets on their website, northwestfest.ca. And now, on with the show. In the valley of the Avon River, about 160 kilometers west of London, lies a town of about 80,000 people. And by just about any standard, there are thousands of towns and cities across the world that are ancient, but when you consider the fact that colonial Canada has only existed for 150 years, the city of Bath is old as hell. There were humans living in the area of Bath between 20,000 and 9,500 BC, according to records from Bronze Age round barrows that were opened up in the region. But Bath truly became Bath around 60 AD, when the Romans built their baths in the area. Now, Bath is something of an arts hub, a place for musicians and artists to congregate, which also makes it a tourist destination for museums, architecture, and Peter Gabriel fans who want to catch a glimpse of Salisbury Hill from the titular song. Join me as we explore the British countryside and even take a jog up Salisbury Hill on the expats. Welcome to the Expats. I'm your host, Adam Rosenhart, based out of Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Just say no to California. That's what Emma Hooper did when deciding where to pursue a master's degree. Now on year 13 in the English town of Bath, she isn't looking back. I moved to Bath specifically to do a master's degree. I was going to do one in Cardiff, in Wales, and then not very long before I was due to start that, the program stopped happening it it, um, it was cancelled because the head of the program got headhunted to California so I got a call and from from her and she was basically saying you know why don't you come to California instead of Wales and I said that's not at all the same place um no thank you I'll I'll look elsewhere oh. and uh elsewhere turned out to be Bath which is which was a really good program a really good master's program and uh obviously a really great city because I'm still here yeah, so how long ago did you make the move to Bath? That was in 2004. Um, so what's that, 12 and a half years? Yeah, yeah, that's that's a long time. It is a long time. It's it's. I mean, I miss my Canadian home, but this is home now, too. Sure, yeah, definitely. 
Um, so you, what is it that made you stay in Bath? I guess because again, it's it's like a, you know, the the town of Roman baths. It seems more like a kind of a tourist destination to me. It is a tourist destination, definitely. And um, I mean, that's part of what makes it great is you kind of walk around and it's like Disneyland because all the architecture is Georgian and all the buildings are made of this one kind of stone, this one sort of honey-colored stone. It's really beautiful, but it is <laughs> it is a big touristy place. Um, and I wasn't planning on staying more than the one year. That was kind of why I went for a one-year course because I was like, great, then I can go home. Um, but then I got a lot of work, actually, as a, as a musician. So I'm a viola player. And, um, and I kind of hung up my banner to help pay for uni fees. And, uh, and loads of people were like, oh, wow, a viola player. I didn't know it at the time, but Bath is kind of right in the middle of the Southwest music scene. Um, there's loads of studios around here and loads of festivals and lots of lots and lots of music going on. So... I got lots of work um, and I kind of thought, well, this is amazing. I can ride my bike year round and make a living as a viola player. I can't do either of those things in Edmonton, unfortunately. <laughs> so, uh, so I stayed. Cool. And, and you mentioned the weather, you mentioned that it's uh it's, you can bike year round. I was looking at the, a table of like the average temperature throughout the year. It seems almost like uh, Vancouver esque weather there. Is that true? Yeah, it, it very much is Vancouver-esque. It's, it's within a very sort of temperate um, band at all times. It very rarely goes below zero and very rarely goes above 20. So it's, it's usually kind of 12 and cloudy here, <laughs> um, which, is, is, which is, you know, really good for doing sports. I like running as well, and you never overheat and you never freeze. So that's good. So the summer times aren't like oppressively hot like they are in Edmonton? No, no, very, very rarely. And you can easily get the same temperature kind of on a February, you know, day as you would on an August day. It's, it's, it's very temperate and wet, obviously lots of rain because it's, it's England. So very green and beautiful. Yeah, you, you must have like rubber boots and, and all the right gear to live in a climate like that. Yeah, you very quickly learn, you, you quickly get a good raincoat, um, and I remember my first year, I was like, wow, nobody really has umbrellas. And I was like, oh, yeah, because everybody has a good raincoat instead, because you just, an umbrella doesn't cut it when it's raining all the time. Yeah, and it kind of sticks to your bones, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it does. It's, it's, it feels cold. It definitely feels cold in a different way to Canada. Um, but it's, it's not going to kill you. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm glad that you're. I'm glad that the weather's allowing you to survive comfortably. Uh, tell me, yeah. tell me about the people of Bath. Are they? Are they? Um, because a lot of the reading I did, you know, it is. It is kind of a tourist town because of the Roman baths. Uh, is it a transient population, or like what are the what are the locals like? Um, it's. I mean, it's not a huge city by any means. It's about the same size as Red Deer, Alberta, around eighty thousand, you know, normal residents before the tourists. Um, but the, the, the tourism is sort of very much in the center as often is with these places. And then around the fringes, you have everything and everyone else. And Bath is, well, Bath voted remain. Um, oh. Bath is for the area, a fairly sort of left leaning, um, little enclave. Um, it's also 
fairly well to do not exclusively obviously i'm not a millionaire or anything but because it's very beautiful there's a fair amount of money here there's a lot of richer people a lot of people come here after making money in london and retire so like i don't know giles from buffy the vampire slayer <laughs> lives here are you serious and peter gabriel's just down the street from us like there's loads of fairly moneyed people around um but obviously not everyone and there's lots and then lots of Lots of culture, like I say. There's loads of authors who live here and musicians. Um, it's it's a very inspiring place. So I think that that brings us in. Yeah, definitely. Do, do you uh, do you ever uh, bump elbows or rub elbows with uh, P- Peter Gabriel or Giles from Buffy? Um, I was once in the sushi shop in the train station with uh, Giles from Buffy. Anthony Head is his <laughs> name. So that was that was that brush. And um, yeah, I've I've actually worked. I've played for Peter Gabriel, and I've worked in his studios a few times. So that's, that's that was more of a professional capacity. That's still pretty cool. I mean, and and Bath is also the site of Salisbury Hill, which is one of his more famous songs. Yeah, it's right behind my house. We run up it all the time. Yeah, You're kidding! Wow, that's that's unreal. Yeah, it's it's a great and beautiful little place. It's it's really hard to leave. I've I found out. <laughs> have Have you tried? Did you think when you first arrived there? You know, I'm going to go back to Canada at some point. Yeah, like I say, I was only planning to stay for a year. Um, but that just didn't really work. I did go to London for about a year and a half because you have to live in London. Um, and there's loads of great stuff about London. Obviously, you can do and find whatever you want. And there's lots of awe-inspiring architecture. But um, it's also overwhelming and not very green. Um, so I, I came back to Bath. And, and London's... Uh, extremely expensive to live in, is it not? Yeah, extremely. And to get around. I mean, everyone in London just kind of stays, for the most part, in their little neighborhoods because it'll take you an hour and a half and, you know, seven pounds to get to your friend's neighborhood. So you just stay where you live kind of thing. Jeez, that's that doesn't sound... That's not awesome. No. Yeah. There are awesome things about it, but that's that one is particularly not awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, being where you're located, you're kind of not, I don't want to say like close to everything, but you're, you're close to, I mean, you're fairly close to London. You you can, you're, you're right in the, the Euro zone, although you're no longer a part of it. <laughs> two more years. We've got two more years. Yeah, that's right. Are, are, do you, uh, do you guys travel a lot outside of Bath just on vacations or even for work? Yeah. Yeah. For both those things. I just got back from Scotland. Um, I was in, Scotland doing a string quartet thing um, this week and you know we were in Barcelona a couple weeks ago and it's like Europe it's like everywhere else in Europe it's a really nice jumping off place for Europe in general and then even for on this little island it's really easy to get places by train um, or bike or whatever so it's yeah it's easy to travel so we do it we do do it a lot I like it although we're going to Canada on Monday Oh, that's, w- w- <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> What's bringing you to Canada? Are you visiting family? Um, I am visiting family, incidentally. I'm going for a, a, a book gig. So I, I'm an author and I have, a, I have a, a book appearance, an author appearance in London, Ontario, kind of hilariously. So I'm going from London to London, awesome. airport-wise. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Tell, tell us a little bit about your book because you, I mean, you said you've been doing the musician thing. You, you studied at, at Bath Spa University. Uh, tell us about what you've written about. 
Um, well, I wrote a book called Etta and Otto and Russell and James. It's a, a novel, and it's I wrote it here in England, um, but it's set in Canada. And it's about an elderly woman, a woman in her 80s, who is kind of on the brink of dementia and is starting to, to lose herself a little bit, therefore, and decides she needs to walk across Canada from Saskatchewan to Halifax to see the ocean because she never has. Um, and she's kind of recreating the journey that her husband, Otto, did when he went over for the Second World War. Um, and uh, and it, it's loosely based on my grandparents, on my mum's parents. So it's a nice kind of Canadian heritage um piece or it was for me it was it was really nice to have the objectivity of being away from Canada to be able to write about Canada yeah so what is it about being away from the country that makes it so that you can uh, maybe see Canada with a clearer lens do you think yeah yeah I think it's a forest for the trees thing I think um Hemingway talked about it in a movable feast he talked about having to leave Paris before he could write about Paris and uh, I, I definitely think that's true my editor over here has kind of has kind of said, "When are you going to write about England?" And I was like, "Well, when I leave England, <laughs> then I probably can." <laughs> yeah, then you'll have the uh, the benefit of hindsight and all that. Exactly, I have perspective. Yeah. Um, are you originally from Saskatchewan at all? No, I'm I'm from Alberta. I was born in Edmonton, but my mum's family and my mum herself um, are from Saskatchewan. So I spent a lot of time there growing up. Yeah. So it has. And and especially sort of school holiday times um, and Christmas time. So it has like a, a special warm nostalgia to me of freedom and, and, and openness and free fun time. That's interesting because, I mean, I had family living in Saskatchewan up until recently. And I, I mean, I loved visiting them in Saskatoon, but... You know, we, we complain about the weather here in Edmonton, and but winters in Saskatoon are like unbelievably cold and desolate. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah, everything is everything is extreme there. Yeah, it's it's very cold or very windy, very dry. Yeah, I I like it though. And the skies are so huge. You know, you never get a horizon without something on it here, and you never get a space without a man-made thing somewhere. Um, and, and Saskatchewan definitely has that. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's when they call it big sky country, it's like, yeah, you don't really know what that means until you bear witness to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I went, (laughs) when I, when I first moved here, some people were sort of, you know, being nice to me and said, oh, you should go to uh, East Anglia, which is part of England said it's, it's like Saskatchewan. I think you'll like it. It's flat. And I went there and I was like, no, 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 no. There's like a tree. and a hill. Um, <laughs> you guys don't know. You have to go to. You have to go there to experience it. It's true. What What are some of the other uh, a little maybe stereotypes or assumptions that the English people make about Canadians in your experience? Um. Well, the the whole aboot thing dies hard or <laughs> has yet to die. <laughs> I'm so disappointing to them because I don't say that. Um. Just like most of our country doesn't actually say that. Um, so there's, there's definitely that there's, there's, it's, it's interesting. There's the, the whole Canada America thing is still really strong and maybe even stronger now than ever, um, where people will be always be very reluctant to guess where you're from because they don't want to offend a Canadian basically by assuming that they're American. So if, 
<laughs> if anyone is sort of, you know, wondering where you're from, you'll say Canada and they'll say, oh, good, good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which isn't to say they dislike Americans, but there's sort of a, they feel like they would definitely offend you if they said that you were American. Um, so, so there's that. And, um, and there's there's still this very romantic notion here, which I think harkens back to these sort of Victorian and imperialist times of of the wild west of Canada, that is just wilderness and sort of breathtaking, awesome wilderness. Um, lots of people, even a student I was talking to today, was saying, "Oh, I'd love to go to Canada." <laughs> and like, you can go. It's they, you know. they have airports there and stuff. Exactly. They have airports and, you know, roads. It's possible. Um, but there's this sort of lovely idea. And I always feel kind of bad telling people that I come from a city because um, <laughs> that messes a little bit with the, the ideal view of Canada as this wild, wonderful, natural place. Do you uh, Do you then sort of explain, well, yeah, I'm from a city, but it's four hours away from the mountains? Yeah, yeah. Well, I usually I usually say I'm I'm from a city, but um you've never heard of it, eh? And <laughs> yeah, it's it's at least 3 hours to the nearest other city, you know, to get to Calgary. And if you want to get to cuz people always say, "Oh, you're from Alberta. That's like by the, you know, the West Coast." And I'm like, "Well, yeah, drive <laughs> for 20 hours, you'll get to the West Coast kind of thing." <laughs> yeah, I at distances I feel like uh, a lot of the expats I've spoken to who live in uh, small countries, but older countries that have a lot of little towns everywhere. It seems like people are reluctant to go on long drives that Canadians wouldn't even blink at. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, it's all, <laughs> it's all, it's all relative. Um, you know, you, you get on the train for how long does it take to Brighton? Yeah, maybe, maybe four hours. And you've gone basically from one side of the country to the other, from one coast to the other coast. Yeah. And so the idea of driving, you know, eight hours and only being in the next province is just boggling. Yeah. And, and also, I imagine if you told them how expensive it was to fly from, say, Edmonton to Toronto, they'd probably their heads would fall off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because of how, how far it is. You could basically fly to Greece in the same amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. And have a much better time, I expect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Toronto. But probably. <laughs> yeah. So in the in the long time that you've been uh, calling the United Kingdom home, what are some of the the things, little creature comforts or, or strange little little idiosyncrasies maybe that you miss about Canada? Um, I miss I miss a lot of things. Obviously, um, I miss I miss cream of wheat. Actually, <laughs> really. Um, yeah, you can't get that here. No one has any idea what you're talking about, and it is so nice. It's such a nice. Comforting, warm, hearty, healthy thing. Um, so, I've paid ridiculous amounts for cream of wheat on the internet. Like people would just fall over if they heard, you know, if, <laughs> if they saw cream of wheat for seven pounds. What's that like? Twelve dollars for a small box of cream of wheat. But wow. I um I really like it <laughs> and miss it. So there's that. I miss cross country skiing a lot. Oh yeah. Um, Obviously, real winter. I miss. I miss sort of the extreme of Canadian winter because um, everything is just yes, yeah, soft and gentle and misty here, which is lovely for cycling to work and everything else. But I miss. I miss real winter. I am. Um, I make a point of trying to get home every Christmas to experience it, 
and my poor partner who's uh who's from Chicago actually in his mind he doesn't he says he doesn't think Edmonton ever has summer it's just always freezing <laughs> because we always go home when it's uh <laughs> minus 25 Oh man, I feel like you're doing him a disservice by by never taking him to Edmonton during the summertime. I know, but in the summer it's lovely here. So y- yeah, I why mean, would it's you leave there too? But we can we can kind of get the same ish thing. So I need my skiing. I need my cross country skiing fix. So once a year you come back for Christmas, maybe to open some presents, but mostly to strap on the skis. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, out the back door into the river valley. <laughs> That's cool. Um, are there any plans, uh, in, for you and your partner to, to maybe move back to Canada? I would say in the me- in the immediate future, like in the next year. Oh no, definitely no. not. We have, um, well, we have a house here oh. that, um, you know, we own. So, <laughs> so, um, yeah, we're, we're very happy and it's, I mean, a house is a house. We can live anywhere, but it's an old, it's an 1826 schoolhouse that we've put a lot of love into sort of making livable and it's it's beautiful and it's in a beautiful neighborhood and we have really lovely friends here um it's, i'm i'm very at home here i miss my family but no and we have a son who <laughs> lives here as well so i i don't think we'll be going back definitely not in the next year um <laughs> eventually it's it's not un totally unbelievable that we would go back you know depending on family situations but we're we're happy here for now we might go live in japan or something as well oh that would be all right yeah i think one of the best things about being expatriate is that you realize you can just kind of live anywhere there are issues with visas and things that you have to deal with which are always frustrating but you can just you you still can just leave your life behind and start a new one and it will be okay and will be probably pretty fun. And once you've done it once, I imagine it feels a little easier every subsequent time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I'm I'm saying that I've moved like twice, but I feel like I could (laughs) again. And like, I probably will. And so if other people listening to this episode might be thinking, hmm, I would like to maybe live in the UK, Japan, or somewhere else in the world, what kind of advice would you give those people? Um... Well, I mean, there's there's the very obvious thing of where if if you if you want to stay, if you're only going for a year or two or something for work, then, you know, do what you like, it's fine. But if you want to stay, finding ways to really integrate, I think, is really important. Because um, at first, the only people I knew were sort of Canadians, friends of friends and things like that. And, um, and that was fine and great, but you kind of are still in your own little bubble. You're not really in the place. And, um, and then doing a degree and getting into the music business and having lots of colleagues and then living in a neighborhood and having neighbors, you really, you really sink into a place and it, it accepts you and you accept it. And it's definitely the people that keep me here, I think the most. And that's, that's a wonderful thing. You get, you get this experience of another culture's people and you get to become part of that. It's great. Thanks again to my guest Emma Hooper for letting me use her original song Ankylosaur at the top of the show. You can find out more about Emma's music and her book Etta and Otto and Russell and James at emmahooper.ca. That concludes this episode of The Expats. If there are any expats you think I should be speaking with, 
Have them email me at info at expatspodcast.ca or send me an email yourself, and let's keep building this global network of Canadians living abroad. I've been your host, Adam Rosenhart. You can find the expats on Twitter at Expats Podcast and on Facebook by searching Expats Podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the expats on the iTunes Music Store, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. And make sure you leave us a review. That would be swell. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch up again in a couple of weeks.